2: Should be. Ah, happy slide-over baby hour. The Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Arman, live from the Geico Studios. As tonight was some kind of night in the NBA, we're having our big first fun Football Friday preview night as we take a look at all the big action coming up in college football and the NFL. Week one is here. It has been some kind of week. As hopefully we get to a bit of normalcy uh, with college football slate. Watching games tomorrow and then all the NFL action on Sunday. Uh, I'm feeling good. I get to wake up early in the morning and watch Syracuse. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm hoping I'm I'm feeling good after getting up to watch. But really, you know, the the main thing for me for college football. We'll get to the NBA in a second. Really, the main thing. for college football is that there is no sport that has a greater home field advantage than college football because this is where if you're a really good team and and you're at home... You are going to feed off that crowd more so than professional sports do and and, and athletes do, and if you are a home team that has a big team coming in that you're trying to upset, that crowd can push you through so many things, gives you that energy you need. You know, we talked to Pete Futak earlier in the show. He talked about how long college football games are and that, you know, you need the crowd to push you through. There's no other sport – I can't wait to see the impact of no home field advantage more than college football. More so than the NFL, even though some teams really enjoy great home field advantages like the Seahawks and the Saints, but it's still pros and you still see the good teams still go on the road and win games. But college football is where I think you're gonna see a really, really big deal. And tomorrow, especially looking at a game like Syracuse and North Carolina. Okay, well here's Syracuse and you know they're trying to figure things out. They got they got, you know, new new they got they're going with a new defense a new scheme what are they going to do they're on the road to a team in North Carolina that has a really good offense already built in and Sam Howell's a really good quarterback and they're on the road but no real home field advantage. Right. So, what is that going is that going to make it easier for a team to pull an upset? Because hey, you don't have to. I don't have to worry about coming into a hostile environment. You know that that's a big game where I'm looking tomorrow, going that, that could be a that could be a really big deal. If Duke was better, I would say hey, you know, Duke and Notre Dame could be a really big sure. thing. Notre Dame's not going to enjoy that, but Duke was just terrible last year. So you know, but there's other games like that that I can see that I can see it happening in. You know, Louisiana and Iowa State, I can see it happening in you know that there, that's going to be a real interesting thing tomorrow to see the, how that plays out with the home field and then you could see a big point spread adjustment coming off that after
5: yeah I mean you mentioned the Louisiana Lafayette and the Iowa State game I mean that's an 11 and point spread that was my college upset uh, of the week we talked with Pete Futek about it earlier they've got a, a veteran backfield and Iowa State lost uh, a number of players in their front seven so we'll go strength on, uh, well, weakness uh, and see diva- advantage. And, you know, college, unlike the pros and as much as we love the crowds and search stadium X, Y, and Z, right? The black hole and whatever else. I mean, there's an ownership and a fervor that doesn't stop. And it's not just the lunatics in the student section or the student marching band. I mean, there's just a whole other uh, atmosphere, ambiance, if you will, uh, to use, you know, the bougie words on a Friday night—that uh, classy,
2: you bougie. Are you gonna do the TikTok dance now? Classy, bougie.
5: I have no idea what you're talking about. Sassy, smooth. That's the TikTok
2: dance. Come on, everybody. You have to at least know that a little. But come on, you have two daughters that I'm sure know what the TikTok dance
5: is. I'm sure they do. They only bring me the stuff where it's like crazy people doing lip sync to some dialogue from some movie I've never seen. Yeah, no, but they know that
2: they know the TikTok. There's no way they don't know the TikTok. The Savage Dance, like, like they I know said, the Savage, I'm savage sure Dance. they do. They know the Savage Dance. There it is. Classy, bougie, sassy, smoochy. I mean, it's it, well. There it anytime is. Anytime we can get the word bougie in, yeah. That's I just walk around the house saying "classy, bougie." I've been doing that a lot the last couple of days. I'd be
5: punching you in the throat. But the classy,
2: bougie. <laughs> I like how fast we had that. Right? We had the Savage no, dance that's done. Up pretty
5: Don, fast. Don, Don, just got quick hands. <laughs> Well done, man.
2: They're all well doing, the, they're doing the savage dance in the studio, right? Then I've been paying attention to what's going on he in the show. They're just doing dancing. the savage dance.
5: I dig that. But, yeah, I, I think you're, you're right on to something here. It's going to be a curiosity for this larger slate. We've got some of the heavyweights going. So there'll be a little more of that sense of normalcy while we still fight in other conferences and still play the waiting games with the others that are – you know, like boxers in training, waiting for the the bout to show up, and you have all these teases ahead of. Hey, don't forget the end of the month; uh, these guys are going to find the field. But whatever, we got that. We got a full slate of NFL. I, I'm just wringing my hands, you know, hoping it all comes off without a hitch, and everybody plays smart, plays safe, and follows whatever protocols have been established. That's it. That's all I'm asking. And for you fans, the same thing. Don't be stupid with your friends. OK, you're Twitter. inclined to. I know you are. And, and that means don't drink what the guy randomly gives you ne- from next door. That's not going to work out for you. I'm telling you right now. He's going to say, hey, you ought to try this. No, 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 no. Bad idea. Bad idea. Breakfast is coming up. So be smart about that, too. I
2: told you not to be stupid, you moron. Uh, so, you know, normally... We talk about, boy, I can't believe that so and so asked a question like that in the post game press conference. It wasn't even a question. Uh, you know, <laughs> the players get upset. You know, Greg Popovich gets mad. Bill Belichick never gets challenged. I always get mad that, you know, I, I can't believe people can't ask better questions. Well, let's take you right now to post game of what happened following the Raptors' elimination at the hands of the Boston Celtics and look, Jason Tatum, I told you how much I love the guy, he is so I told you he was going to be the best rookie out of that draft class, he has been amazing he had a phenomenal series, he led the Celtics to a victory tonight he was terrific, if he's the hero the GOAT is Pascal Siakam a guy who a year ago at this time we touted as a potential future star in the NBA, look how good he is yes, Kawhi is great, but boy, Siakam's great, and he had a incredibly craptastic night by anybody's account. We heard Rick Bucher on the show with us last hour saying, I, I don't know what was going on. Uh, Nick Nurse said after the game, I don't know. Uh, I didn't ever think of taking Siakam out of the game, right. but Siakam was terrible. You know, you just, you just see what people are saying. You see some of the game, and it was just, what is he doing in certain sequences? And so you figure, okay, it's going to be a tough post game press conference for Pascal Siakam. Well, it gets tougher when you get pointed questions like this. Take a listen.
4: Hey, Pascal. Um, how does it feel to uh, to feel responsible for for this outcome? How does it feel
5: Boom. to be responsible for this outcome? Look what wow. you did, Pascal! <laughs> Look what you did! Let's wait. Let's hear it.
4: Let's but hear it still one more a question, time. though, let's- so I need mean, to give him
2: credit for that. <laughs> yeah, but let's hear it one more time.
4: Hey, Pascal, um, how does it feel to uh, to feel responsible for for this outcome?
2: How does it feel to be responsible for this? How does it feel to be responsible? Because really, they could have won tonight if not for you. You were just absolutely terrible. Can you expand on that for us? Now, that's a question. Now That's a, that's a question where I can't believe Pascal Siakam didn't just say, wow, I'm getting up and I'm leaving. I mean, that's Good a, hey, for
5: you, you, spider. S- you stunk. Good you for you, Spider. <laughs> hey,
2: I dare you to ask him how he feels about being responsible for the loss. Oh, I'll do that, sure. Hey, how do you feel about being responsible? How do you feel about it being all on you i cringe when i hear questions like that and well what did siakam have to say well here's what he had to say to kind of diffuse the question a little bit i wasn't able to really
0: help my teammates and stuff so yeah i take a lot of the blame man i take a lot of the blame just you know continue to work like it's a it's a work it's a learning experience for me
2: that's a pretty Keep good answer. Head. Listen, I, I take the blame. It's it's my fault. Uh, it, I, I I would have tried to find something fun to say. How, how does it feel to you to not be a great writer? You know, what kind of what kind of adverbs and adjectives do you use? Do you use, your, do you use the really good adverbs and adjectives or just kind of the boilerplate ones? Uh, but that is some kind of question to ask pa- Pascal Siakam. How do you feel about being responsible for it? It's always moments like that where I get where, where look, seeing a lot of sports over the course, course of my life as, as i'm in you know my third decade uh covering sports in one form or another there's certain moments where i cringe and that's always one when there's a really awkward post game question i still cringe at it no matter what no matter what i, I still go Ooh, yeah. oh okay he answered it okay he answered the question it's okay
5: no i'm gonna give him a lot of credit here though yeah because it would have been very easy to just say well i'm going home anyway so blank you uh, let's see what, what whatever you'd like to insert there. You know, he answered it professionally. Look, it's a learning experience. I let my teammates down. It's a big spot obviously, right? Everybody getting on board and thinking they were going to have another miraculous run and it would have furthered the discussion on Kawhi Leonard that we had the other day. Although the <laughs> loss to Denver is head-scratching today for the Clippers. Uh, but it, it's you know one of those situations i think from the bubble i would have expected more of this by this time in the bubble i know t- guys and uh men and women are tagging out right hey i did my month in the bubble and now my colleague from whatever newspaper or, or out- outfit i'm from is, is tagging in but I-, I figured there would have been a bunch more loopier questions that would have found their way in so, I mean, this one takes the cake. I mean, whatever day this is, we mark it as the new standard for questions. I'll
2: tell you what. You want a great story, and this, this is a great story. This may be the second most cringeworthy question I've heard at a press conference or asked of an athlete. You want to know the, you want to know the number one yeah. one? Get ready All for right. this. So earlier in my career, you know, I told you I used to produce sports before I, I, I uh, became a, uh, an, you know, a sports talk radio host, t- television person, everything else. So I'll never forget this. We were I was producing um, an NHL show, uh, f- and we were looking at the playoffs. This is back when I was at ESPN, and we hired a crew to go out to ask. Uh, questions of uh, the Blues players because we were previewing the Blues series with something else. I was working on the Blues series. All right, great. So they sat down with Brett Hull and usually you, you send some questions out and say, okay, here, can you ask him these questions? And then you, you, uh, you know, put it up on a satellite and you feed me back the tape. So uh, they go, okay. So I ask the questions and then, you know, they, then I'm, I'm sitting there waiting as they're feeding the tape back and I'm watching the interview as they taped it. And the person who is talking to Brett Hull asked Brett Hall about the series they're talking. I think it was St. Louis and Detroit, I think it was something like that. Okay. And and uh, the person the, the person's asking about the series and about, you know, his impact and what do you think your impact will be on the series and Iserman and, and I forget what Bruce what what, uh, what Brett Hull said. But then the, the, the guy comes back with well what would you say, you know, for a team like Detroit, if they're planning to, you know, to, to shut you down, you're a guy that's got a pretty good wrist shot but not a lot else. Uh, So how much would they have to do to shut you down? And I stopped the tape and I said, I cannot believe you just asked Brett that." This is a guy who wound up with over 700 career goals in the the NHL. The guy's had 70 goals. He had an 80-goal season. And the producer says, how are they going to stop your guy with a pretty good wrist shot and not much else? One of the greatest scorers we've seen. I could not believe that. I cringed. I go, oh, my God, what's the answer? And he said, he said, well, you know, I, I, I just try to do what I do. And, then, and he completely blew it off as a really nice guy. And then at the very end, the, the guy said, okay, any other thoughts on this uh, on the players? He goes, no, 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 they'll, they'll cut it up. We're good. And he took his mic off and he walked away. And I was like, oh, my God. Because Could you now go apologize? Because now I'm worried that, you know, oh, ESPN is going to do this story. And here's the question that was asked. So we, we had to reach out and say, hey, oh, my God, I'm sorry about that and all this. Uh, it, well, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. The guy said, what do you think about his it? it rich shot but not much else brett hall 72 86 70 54 57 29 43 42 32 39 i mean 741 career goals it's like yeah I got a wrist shot not much else i'm like no no, oh. no we'll fix it in post Oh my goodness. That was I was so scared after that. Like what is gonna happen now? I can't believe they asked this question. Just some that's guy decided. Fantastic. I'm gonna say that. You know, not much else. How do you feel about that? That that's that's the that's what I flash back to every time I hear something like this in the Pascal Siakam. I flash back to that going, Oh my goodness, that's so embarrassing. Oh wow. Hey, Mr.
5: Hall, will you sign this photo? The guy with the wrist shot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Will you sign, hey, wrist shot and nothing else? Can you write that down? Great. I'd appreciate that, Mr. Not Hall. much
5: else. <laughs> Not much else.
2: Twitter at how about a fresca Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios Uh, AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same day pickup you can place your order online grab what you need today at more than 5700 AutoZone locations, in store or curbside, if you have a job you can wait until tomorrow, AutoZone offers free next day delivery on orders over 35 bucks just order by 10pm at AutoZone, free next day delivery is available on over 100,000 parts, visit AutoZone.com Today, to start your job fast, get in the zone, AutoZone. Coming up next, more of our big NFL bold predictions for this season. Plus, is one game already in jeopardy and not being played on Sunday? And it's not about COVID. That's coming up next, right here,
1: Fox. Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: I want to get for Ricky with you. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Oh, yeah, Friday night we step up the slide over baby uh, hour songs. I mean, it's, there's a difference between the slide over baby hour on a Monday and then a slide over baby hour on a Friday, even during the COVID isolation.
5: Well, I mean, you still got people in the house with you, man. You're not in isolation, and if they're not in the house with you, maybe just like you're doing virtual work, virtual classroom, hey, I don't judge. Just wear a mask. Just wear a mask. Just like in Eyes Wide Shut. Wear masks. That's all <laughs> I have. Which is now on mornings <laughs> uh, in, in our cable <laughs> lineup.
2: We did a bad, bad thing. A whole new generation appreciates
5: the work of Chris
2: Isaac. Uh, so... We may have one less NFL game this Sunday. We have some more big NFL bold predictions coming your way in a couple of minutes. But uh, maybe you saw this earlier today. The Arizona Cardinals game against the San Francisco 49ers is right now, the best thing I think you can say is it is in flux, considering what is going on on the West Coast with the wildfires. Look, the, the wildfires have been the big story in the news the past three days. And right now are we going to have a game? It's really undecided because the AQI, the air quality index, was over 150 today. Now, just to let you know, when the air quality index is under 150, it means the air is okay, the air is good. Over 150 means it's unsafe for the general population. Over 200 means it's really unsafe and you could develop serious health problems when the AQI is over 200, which is why they say stay indoors and everything else. And, look, I'll be the first to tell you, here in L.A. the last couple of days, Mike, you know, you look out and our Mm -hmm. sky looks like Tatooine. Like you look up and expect to see another sun because it's just haze and yellow. and There's no blue sky. There's no nothing. And going out today, I just ran an errand today. I had to go to the library to pick up a couple of books. I drove in my car to the library, got out, picked up the books, got back in, got to my house. And the best way I can describe it, how it feels, because of the wildfires and the ash in the air, is it feels like you were sitting in front of a fire, a campfire, at night, you're like you're out camping, and you were there for like three hours. And you walk away, and you kind of breathe in, and you go wow, I can feel that in my chest because I've been breathing in that smoke for so long. I mean, this is just me out for 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and in my car for most of it. I mean, everybody's been in their houses the last few days. It's not great to go out, so this game is up in the air, and honestly, I can't believe the 49ers practiced today. The AQI was over 150, and Kyle Shanahan said, yeah, some players, you know, they said they couldn't practice today, so they did. I'm like, because the AQI is over 150. You wouldn't send your kid out to practice soccer or softball or football when the AQI is over 150 stuff gets canceled and you went out and had a practice when the aqi was over 150 oh my goodness i can't believe the players didn't say hey coach uh you know look hey, come on look dude you, none, none of us can breathe okay can, can we do something inside can we do i know you want to get us ready and everything else but really i mean this is this is not safe because uh, the air the air quality tells you it's not great air you shouldn't be outside in it
5: yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that they tried to practice. I'm like like you. I'm surprised the players, in in a time where we're seeing players raise their hand, you know, in opting out of in each sport. Right, football, we had about 70 uh, that did so. Baseball, a number. Uh, basketball, a number for different reasons. But uh, to just say, hey, we we can't. You know, this is just we're, we're pushing it too far. But with the number of practices you've already lost, the fact that you're not doing full contact and all of these things as you go into a season opener, what what could prove to be a very important divisional game, right, because nobody's a shrinking violet in that division. Arizona you're expecting better from. The Rams would have been a playoff team last year, you know, based on the seven-team, you know, playoff response uh for this season so i mean you you go through and it's like all right well we want to make sure we're as ready as we can be so uh, i'm not surprised the team pushed it just thought the players might uh fire back but i'm with you i woke up this morning and my throat hurt i'm like ah here we go what, what's going on and i'm like well i did the show last night from the studio and we did the podcast fantasy podcast is up i want your flex Go ahead and think about that on a Friday night too, uh, but it's uh, you know doing all the talking. I'm like, all right, my throat kind of hurts, but it burns, right? So you're just like, and you're smelling the smoke, and you and you're kind of feeling it while you're in the studio, but you don't think about it. You go back home, you you get a, a little bit of night's sleep, and wake up. It's like, wow, I'm sore, and you're like drinking as much water as you can, and you're not thinking about it. So all the best to the people fighting the fires, those that have been affected. Uh, Those feeling the effects all up and down the coast. I mean, it's just an absolute mess uh, right now. But, yeah, that's a game that obviously they want to get them in because you don't want to have those hiccups in the scheduling. But this is one where it's going to be curious to see how they handle it.
2: No, and honestly, it's pretty easy. They play twice this year. Flip it. Go play this game in Arizona. You know, go play the game in Arizona, and and then you play the game later on. Uh, in I mean, I, I get. I guess you, you're you're talking about what what you have booked for this weekend in in a, in, in the in the stadium or not, but you can go play you don't have anything someplace booked else. There. <laughs> you know, you, you can go play. Well, I don't know. Who, who knows? Maybe there's some kind of, you know, I, I don't know. There could be a, a, a swap meet or soccer something.
5: tournament or something. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. We
2: got a swap meet. We can't move it. I'm sorry. You have, uh, we have. No, but you could go play in Arizona if you wanted to. You could easily go play at a different in a different city. You don't have to worry about the gate you're losing because there's no fans. If anything, this should be a proactive decision by the NFL to say, okay, let's move this game. These wildfires are no joke, and people are leaving their homes. It's in. in the, it's all. Let, let's. Is is the air quality really going to improve by Sunday? To hear the the league say, "Well, we got to hope the wind." Uh, okay, why don't you just take it? Why don't you just take the guesswork out of it? Why don't you just say, "Okay, let's move the game here, and then we'll go back, and you'll play that game later on in the season." in in, in San Francisco. I mean, it's a pretty easy thing to do. Well, I, we're, no, we're going to wait, and we're going to steamroll this thing through. And doesn't matter, doesn't matter what the weather's going to be like. We're going to steamroll this thing through. I, this is this was an easy proactive thing for the NFL to do.
5: Well, I got to think one of the, one of the things though is logistics, right? Of getting all your stuff together. Remember, we saw Patrick Mahomes how they had to. To rush equipment for him doing for a game against new england (laughs) last year so you know what if you forget that you know 14th bag i mean we've that's some of the most fascinating stuff i've seen we added as part of the am 570 la sports here and kfi uh, 640 uh, here in los angeles as part of the the chargers ramp up last year they did uh, a bunch of uh behind the scenes interviews and they had one with the equipment managers which i thought was fascinating so from a logistics standpoint how quickly could you put it together i think that's one of the curiosities as well but that's just me being a nerd
2: uh, how about some uh, NFL bold <laughs> predictions for this year? How about that? I don't know we? that I can top that, but sure. No, that would that was pretty good. Uh, look, big fun, our first fun football Friday uh, of the year. You know, we get a, what what passes for nearly a full slate of college football tomorrow. You know, the SEC's not playing for another couple of weeks, but we have the ACC, the Big 12. We get a lot of games. We week one of the NFL is here, and it's amazing, and I know it doesn't seem real, but we're going to have real-life NFL football on Sunday. So here's some more of our big 2020 bold predictions. Last Hour, brought you a few. Mike thinks the Jaguars are going to have the number one pick in the draft in the tank for Trevor. I think it's going to be the Washington Redskins. Mike thinks that uh, looking ahead at this season, the Chicago Bears are going to ride all the way with Mitchell Trubisky, and I think it's going to be Nick Foles by week four getting ready for that big Nick Foles Tom Brady primetime showdown in week five. <laughs> but here's some other bold predictions we have for this season for you, and I'll kick things off. He's only going to play about two-thirds of the season because he's with no preseason and games to get used to. It's going to be a little bit longer for him to to ascend to the starting job, but it's going to happen. But he's going to play about two-thirds of the season. And Tua Tagovailoa is going to throw 20 touchdowns. He is it. He is that talented. He's that good. He just needs a little bit of time because he didn't, he didn't have a normal preseason. He got healthy and now has to wait and see how things and, and watch the NFL for a few weeks. But when he comes in, he is going to fling it. They're not going to have him come in and run the football. He's going to come in and throw 20 touchdowns. He's going to be a fantasy savior for somebody. And it's suddenly going to be, well, look, is the guy now. Brady's gone. He's the guy that's going to run things in the AFC East. 20 touchdowns for Tua in two-thirds of the season.
5: I love it. Um, I'm looking at at a second-year man in Daniel Jones. 24 touchdowns a year ago. Let's bump him all the way up to 32. Let's raise his stock by a full 33%. Look, I love the Saquon Barkley is obviously a beast as a a runner and and gives you some good numbers out of the backfield. But looking at Ingram, looking at Slayton and more from Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard. Yeah, they're probably not worth the money they got paid But crafty veterans that can make a play now and again. And he gets rid of some of the fumbling issues that he had a year ago. That leads to longer protracted drives. And Daniel Jones becoming a thorn in your side, Smith, as a Jets fan.
2: I got to be honest. It scares me that I think he's going to be good and the Giants are gonna It's just going to piss me off. Oh, great. Now the Giants are going to be good. Great. I think he's going to be a pretty good quarterback when it's are done. They reach for a guy that nobody wanted. They could have got at 28 and suddenly they're going to break their arms, patting themselves on the back going, yeah. Dan-. Now, really, Daniel Jones last year really made his stats look good for two games. I mean, the other mm-hmm. games he was not very good. But sure. the thing I like about him is that he did not show you that the NFL was too big for him. And he came right in right away. He had a lot of confidence. And clearly he's got the running game that's going to Support him the Giants are rebuilding so to expect it to see it on the on the the, on the field for wins and losses that's going to be a tougher one for me but to see him get better and potentially be a franchise quarterback yeah I'm scared that's going to happen I'll be honest I'm scared it's going to happen
5: still going to throw some balls up for grabs just much much like we we talk about with Josh Allen but I I think there's there's talent there and it's just a matter of uh, building around him I got one more for you hit me at the trade
2: deadline cleveland is going to do everything they can to trade odell beckham jr they want a boring season. They have reconfigured their team to be more like the San Francisco 49ers. Signing Kareem Hunt to a two-year, 12-year deal tells you everything about the direction of this team. They want to be able to run a team where they can sledgehammer you with running backs, throw the football when they have to because they've got weapons on the outside, and not rely on the quarterback solely to win games. This is what the 49ers did, and they rode that all the way to the Super Bowl last year, and many teams are doing the same thing. Let's get a couple of A running backs. That way if one gets hurt, we're okay. Look, you look at the Seahawks. They got three guys that can run the football really well once everybody is healthy. Many teams are doing this, and it's not going to be a great year for Baker Mayfield throwing the football. He's not going to have as much responsibility, and that's not going to work for Odell, who's going to hit the trade deadline going, I'm not getting the ball. I am not happy. I want out. Look, they, tr- they wanted to trade him a few months ago and found no takers. But now with more time going on, if the price goes down, hey, Odell can show up and we can have a honeymoon season of a year and a half. Okay, they will try to trade very publicly. They will try to trade Odell Beckham at the deadline.
5: Oh, I dig that. That will be absolute chaos. It will be fun for me. I'm taking a guy to run all the way from the 13th slot in the rushing department last year to lead the league and he's coming out of the no, uh, from the (laughs) yore, no he was 11th uh, in terms of attempts anyway, Uh, I am looking at uh, the the man that we know as Josh Jacobs, I was looking at him from attempts, he was 8th a year ago, he leapfrogs everybody at the position, because look, Lamar Jackson I don't think is going to run for 1,200 yards again, uh, and you got some workload splits that now come into play, but I think the the other players on this list, I'm not looking for Derrick Henry, I, I, will, I think we're going to see some of Evans siphon off some of those carries, because if they're going to make a run to the playoffs, Henry's got to stay healthy, and those 400 touches, you can't do it again. Nick Chubb we know is going to lose some touches, McCaffrey uh, more in the passing game, so he's still going to be a threat, Ezekiel Elliott Should run the ball more now that Jason Garrett's out of town. Uh, Carson's got the workload split. No, I'm looking for Josh Jacobs. I I wanted to predict the greatness for the Raiders overall because, like, you're scared scared of the Giants rising up. I'm afraid of the Raiders suddenly winning (laughs) games because think about some of the guys that walk our hallways. They will be insufferable if the Raiders look like there's anything positive going on.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
2: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. We'll get to college football coming up in a second, but it's time for the play of the night. The play of the night brought to you by Geico. Did you know that right now Geico's offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That is 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Visit Geico.com. To learn more. Well, the guy getting most of the blame for the Raptors loss tonight to the Celtics in Game 7 is Pascal Siakam. He did not have a good game to be kind. Uh, but what the play of the night is, is, you know, listen, I always criticize reporters for not asking the tough questions in a locker room or to a coach or a player after a game. Well, not tonight when this question was asked about Pascal Siakam following the game. I, my mouth dropped it was – I was agape when I heard it. I needed to listen to it two <laughs> or three times just to make sure that this was the question, Mike. It was, it was stunning to me. I couldn't believe it.
5: Yeah, it is next level, isn't it? <laughs> and, and, and I want to make sure we get the, the wording right because I, yeah. I, I, I think it's all about feels. Yes.
2: Um, now, but really quick before we get to that because we spent a lot of time yeah. talking about him tonight, is even though he had a craptastic final possession – and that's not, you know, Fred Van Vliet, the, the Raptors made a ridiculous choice to send the clock all the way down when they're down three and ISO Fred Van Vliet for a three. All right, that's not Fred Van Vliet's game. He's going to make so much money this offseason. It's oh, going to yeah. be incredible. He's going to be the apple of somebody's eye, and they're going to give him a max deal because Fred Van Vliet is fantastic. But watching that final play tonight, uh, what are you doing? He's not Kobe. He's not LeBron. He's not KD. He's not going to get his own shot and rise up over a defender it was a play that was doomed to fail and really for a great coach like nick nurse and and a group like that that won a championship i really can't get over that final shot selection i really can't get over that's the play they didn't seem like they had anything drawn up it's bring it down floor what else are you gonna do well van vliet's gonna shoot really you don't have anything else drawn up for this this is this is your play it didn't seem like they even had an idea what they wanted to do on that play
5: no, and, that, and that's the thing, right, is Kyle, Kyle Lowry's out, right? He falls out, so you lose what he had given you this entire series, right? There was a lot of love for him. A couple of fouls where you're just like, all right, again, decision-making in this one seems suspect at times. But that Fred Van Vliet dribble for 20 seconds, no picks, no trying to set a screen to free him up for a clean shot. It gets defended. He tries, some, he tries to make it rain. And he ends up you know, coming up with an air ball, and you saw it all across social media. Think about it. All the heart, all the grit, all the great plays and smart plays from this team, but particularly Van Vliet, that might be the lasting image of how his career in Toronto ends. All right, so if that's it for Van Vliet, this was the the end of the
2: year for Pascal Siakam. Here's the question he got following the defeat.
3: How does it feel to uh, to feel responsible for, for this outcome?
0: Uh, I mean, I think, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's just it's part of being in this league and being at the level that I'm supposed to be at.
2: How does it feel to be responsible?
5: No, no, no. How outcome? does it feel to feel responsible? <laughs> Whew, she, she, she double feel. It's uh, a, it was a double feel. But, yeah, wow. That, not to be responsible, <laughs> how does it feel to feel responsible? <laughs> like yeah, That's, that's I, it's even worse. Feeling, feeling pretty good about it, don't I? Yeah, that's it feels great. great. That's, yeah. that's
2: doubly worse than just feeling. Just yeah. feeling. How do you feel about feeling responsible? Like, I know you feel. How do you feel about feeling responsible? I can't say I'm blaming anybody else, but I'm blaming you. That's how it goes. Yeah, I
5: mean, he gave a pretty good answer. <laughs> he could have told her to go blank herself. That's true. He did. Uh, he did. And, you're you're right. or, and everybody else. Like, you know what? I'm tired of all you people that I've dealt with in the bubble. <laughs> And you and you on that third video screen in the top right. <laughs> I got problems with you. Uh, no, he, he handled it like a professional. I, mm. I give him a lot of credit because that's the type of question that we've we've certainly seen it, it turn uh, ugly, especially in an exit scenario.
2: Mm. Now, I'll tell you this. With the first day of college football tomorrow morning, I can't wait to get up and watch Syracuse and North Carolina. Hopefully they keep it close. You know, look, Notre Dame's in action. We're going to get to see Clemson as well. But I'll give you this big, bold prediction, and this is the best news, is that if college football makes it the first couple of weeks and they keep COVID to a minimum and we're able to keep playing, the SEC starts on the 26th, the Big Ten will follow in the middle of October. And they may even drag the Pac-12 with them. And, and at the very least, even if not for then, then the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the rest of the schools will play a full slate beginning of the year because there's no way you can watch college football be played in the fall successfully and not come back to play at some point, whether it's the fall or the spring. They're going to play. We're, we're going to get that kind of season from all those teams.
5: Well, you've you got to answer for it eventually. And as much as some folks might be happy with the responses, I want more. I want transparency. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome. Enjoy
2: the
4: games. Jonas Knox is next.
0: Zumo Play.